episode 154, Ben's Quarantine Comics. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here to go back in time to a couple different places and times uh, to talk about comic books. Now, these comic books I'm going to talk about right now, what's what's kind of fun about them is that this is kind of a cross-section of my interests. And it's also, I mean, it's not just a cross-section of my interests, it's also uh, just kind of a look at uh, just how... Um, my comic book reading and purchasing has gone during this uh, quarantine time of the coronavirus. And so um, what I want to do is just kind of talk through some of the stuff that I did right before we had our shelter in place happen and talk through about some of the stuff I've been doing since then and just talk about some of the comics that I've been reading and also maybe encourage you and give you a couple of ideas for some things that you can do for your own comic book reading if you are so inclined. So I've got three stacks of, of comics here that... Um, I wanted to talk about there are different sizes of, of the stacks, but uh, and they come from three different places. And these are three different places that I have accumulated comics from during or just before this whole quarantine uh, shelter in place uh, situation that we've had. Now, everyone has a very different shelter in place situation. Um, I mean, but mine isn't probably that much different than than most of yours as you're listening right now. And that is that I have been staying at home a lot. I've been doing a lot of work from home. Uh, I have been going into work a few times a week uh, with my wife who works with me. And uh, so we've been going into the office because there's certain things we can only do in the office. And then if I've been going to get groceries and I've been doing a lot of walking. <laughs> and so those are the basic places. If I'm, I'm not at home, I'm getting groceries, which is a long drawn out process. Uh, and if I'm not doing that, it's because I'm I'm going into work on, on Sunday morning where I'm I'm ministered. Please uh, don't worry. Our church is not gathering in large gatherings. There's just a handful of people there on the Sunday morning to do that whole live streaming stuff that we're doing. And so anyway, that's what my shelter at home looks like. So, uh, well, okay, I'll use that to springboard my, my first stack here. Uh, and that is... Walmart. Okay. So I've been getting groceries at Walmart. Uh, it's easy. Uh, you can put in the, the online order, which we, which we just did a couple days ago. Uh, and so, you know, what I'm going to bring up now that I've mentioned Walmart and, and that is the Walmart 100 page giants. And there have been three, uh, in this quarantine time that I've gotten, uh, one of them, is the Swamp Thing 100-page giant number four. I'm not going to talk about that too much. But the other two, I am going to throw out there as an idea for you. Like, if you have to go and get groceries at Walmart, these are there for you. Now, they have the ongoing series, of course, at Walmart, where it's the Superman, it's the Batman, it's the Wonder Woman, it's Aquaman, uh, there's Flash, there's Titans, okay, the, and Swamp Thing. And those are ongoing, and I'm not sure about the details of how long those are going to continue and, and anything like that. What I do know is the Walmart that I go to regularly uh, does not have one, two, three, and four of those series. It just has... Uh, really, uh, actually, last time I looked, it only had issue number four of uh, just a couple of those series. Now, there is one other thing going on, though, and that is they also do these one shots. And so I've talked about this before when I've talked about these 100 page giants. Uh, they've they've had one shots uh, for Christmas, for Halloween. They did one this past Halloween that wasn't didn't have Halloween in the title, but it was just called Ghosts. Uh, and then they've had the two that have come out around this quarantine time. Now, From Beyond the Unknown, number one, came out just before things were starting to happen. And I bought it uh, after we had uh, been sheltering in place and I went and got groceries for the first time 
uh, after the shelter in place order that we had, I guess that's not quite the right phrase. I can't remember all the phrases. They all mean different things, but basically where they're saying stay at home, you know, the, the stay at home order or whatever it is. Uh, when I went and got groceries, they had from beyond the unknown. And so I actually purchased that, um, disinfected it before bringing it into the house. Uh, we disinfect all of our groceries because we we're just being very, very careful because of the way we have to do things in the times we have to go out, we are, we are very careful. And so this issue then was purchased the first time I went and got groceries after that. And then there was another one called our fighting forces, which came out just in the last week, I think. And at least it wasn't there last time I went and got groceries. It was there. Sorry. The previous time, the last time I got groceries, it, it was there. So anyway, these two books are ones that I would recommend almost to anyone because of just how interesting they are and because of just they're not like in the middle of any kind of of series. So you're not like, oh, I'm going to grab Superman number four and I didn't read the first three issues because there's 100 pages of, of story in each one of these. But in those regular ones, there's like two original stories. And then there's three issues that are continuing uh, from like New 52. So it's like New 52 Superman number one, two, three, and four in, you know, in the various issues of, of the Superman series. And in the Swamp Thing case, it's uh, there's two original stories, but they're kind of continuing, even though they're pretty much self-contained. And then there's the Swamp Thing series that uh, that Len Wein did uh, most recently. And, you know, they're reprinting that, which is a six-issue series. They're reprinting. Uh, Constantine and the reprinting Zatanna, you know, and so it's clearly it's tied into uh, what you would be able to find on the CW and it's tied into what you would be able to find um, on DC Universe because of the you know Swamp Thing series and, and all that. But anyway, the point is when you get those issues, for me, it's not as fun to be dropped in the middle of a story. These one shots that they do are short stories, some of them reprints, some of them originals. And that's what's fun about them is the, that mixture. So From Beyond the Unknown has uh, one, two, three, four, six stories. One is a original Green Lantern story that's fantastic. I really, really enjoyed it. And it really plays up the uh, the sci-fi element of what it means to be part of the Green Lantern Corps. And it gets into uh, some crazy weird alien creatures who have alien motivations as they're doing things i really enjoyed that story there's a commandy the last boy on earth story it's called the butler and it's also it, that one feels like a uh an episode of the twilight zone or an episode of uh outer limits or or that kind of thing or an episode of well any kind of uh show where it's it's episodic but it has a traveling character who's going from place to place like well like stargate or sliders or star trek where it's it's just a standalone story with a continuing character uh but he's stepping into a new science fiction conceit and again it just kind of it's it's kind of a fun thing it really reminds me uh, and maybe even more so than those shows that i i just said uh of like a uh a british sci-fi show uh, but anyway, um, and maybe that's cause it's called the Butler, <laughs> but anyway, the, uh, Legion of superheroes is in the third original story. And that one, that's probably the, the one that I liked the least, although it also had just in its short, uh, run uh, page count, not runtime. It's not a movie. It's not a TV show, but in its short page count, it did have a nice little twist to it, but it wasn't, wasn't the greatest. Superman and Adam strange are, uh, in a story together that's from DC comics presents, which is the Superman team up book. And this is a done in one story. It's called the riddle of little earth lost. And, uh, that one is kind of fun. Uh, definitely old school, you know, and it felt like those older comics I used to get, uh, in the eighties and mainly because that's what, it, what it was. Uh, the artist is Jose Luis, uh, Garcia Lopez, the writer David Michelin, and it was just it was just a fun little story that's kind of offbeat, not as offbeat as the Batman and the Metal Men from Brave and the Bold in a story called the Fifty Story Killer. And when I say it was offbeat, I mean it, it's just not a great story. It, it's it's just not a very good one. <laughs> this one was written by um, Haney. Uh, what's his first name? 
I can never remember his first name, Bob Haney. Uh, the artwork is Jim Parrow, but it, so it looks great. But the story itself is all about how there's a new uh, new commissioner in town who's younger, and he he says, "No, Batman, you can't do Batman stuff anymore." And Batman's like, "Okay, I won't do Batman stuff, even though there's like bad stuff happening." And the new commissioner's like, "You know, I I don't need you, Batman, because I got the Metal Men, and and they're going to take care of Gotham." <laughs> And it's just, it, just the whole like Batman just saying, okay, I'll I'll just stop doing it because you told me to. Uh, anyway, uh, the Green Lantern Corps has a story from uh, Tales of the Green Lantern Corps, and I'm not sure where this exactly comes from. I'm going to do a little bit more research into this, but this is an Alan Moore Green Lantern story, and it is really really neat. And I've only read one or two other Green Lantern stories that Alan Moore has done. I have a collection of Alan Moore's uh, other DC stories other than Swamp Thing. And uh, and it has uh, one or two of these in there. But this is really neat. Just this really short story. Again, just kind of taking this sci-fi idea of a Green Lantern uh, member trying to recruit someone to be a Green Lantern. But he comes from a world where there is no light at all and so he can't take the oath and because the oath is all about in in darkest night you know well what does darkest night mean that's what he lives in you know and so she has to find a way to um, make it so he can understand the oath and the ring and so he technically isn't a green lantern because his oath wasn't well i'm not going to get into that it's just a really neat story and so I recommend this from Beyond the Unknown because it's just this kind of uh, glimpse into these different eras of of DC Comics, and it's just these short stories that you know. For me, you know, I think out of the six, two of them I wasn't real, you know, super excited about. They're still okay, you know, I, I I still like them, but two out of six, that's not bad. And you know, it's only five dollars, uh, so I would say you know, if you have to go get groceries at Walmart, it wouldn't hurt to look and see if they have this here. Same with our fighting forces. Now, the other thing I would say is if, if what I'm saying interests you, I would say, you know, contact your local comic shop because these 100 page giant issues are being made available to comic shops after they've been released to Walmart. And so I would say, you know, contact your local comic shop and, and make an order for them. You know, it's again, $5 in your local comic shop. This is not it's not like it's $5 at Walmart because they are doing a deep discount on this thing. No, this is $5 in your local comic shop as well. It'll have a different cover. The covers on the Walmart editions are just t repurposing the original covers of reprint stories. The covers in the comic shop versions of this are all original. It's new art for those. So there is a difference there, but... Yeah, from Beyond the Unknown, it's it's a high recommendation from me if you like that kind of thing. And what was fun about it was, you know, these are one sh one shot stories that have this kind of sci fi bent to them. They easily could have been some of these ideas anyway could have been done without the superheroes, the recognizable superheroes. But at the same time, the fact that they use those recognizable superheroes, you know, it's not a bad thing at all. Now, then there's uh, Our Fighting Forces, which is uh, war comics. And I don't, I'm not sure if, if this would have been some sort of tie-in to uh, maybe come out in comic shops around the time of July 4th or something like that. I, I don't know. But uh, Our Fighting Forces has, again, there's, I think there's eight stories in that one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. And some of them are shorter than others. But there's uh, characters that I've never heard of before. <laughs> and those characters that I've never heard of before, those are not all new stories. These are apparently reprints stories from uh, a comic book series called um, Men of War from 2012, it looks like. Again, I'm not familiar with them, and I'm not familiar with that series. Um, but I do know there are three original stories. One is called House Call, and it features the unknown soldier. It's a weird one. But it's kind of fun. It, it, the way it works is there's a whole bunch of just these little twists and turns. It's all twists and turns based on the identity of who is the unknown soldier. As the story goes along, he's changing identity. And so that 
that was actually a really strong start to the this this book. Code of Honor is a Batwoman story, but it's actually about um, uh, Katie is Kate Catherine. So okay, Catherine Kane. Uh, it's about her getting when she was a cadet, uh, getting a mission that she had to go on, and. You know, there's there's some a couple twists and turns going on there. Uh, Medal of Honor featuring the Batman. This one was interesting because it actually was um, using a real life story of an actual man who received the Medal of of Honor. And what they did with this story is they kind of took uh, the speech about this man that President Obama gave when they gave him the Medal of Honor. And apparently, this is a man who received the first Medal of Honor in a very, very long time. But the speech that Obama, Obama gave when he gave him the medal, and then they have this Batman action sequence happening during this speech. And so the captions are this actual speech about this soldier, and it has Batman running around. And so at first I'm thinking, okay, am I reading a story about someone who was at that place watching this thing happen and then uh no it turns out that it's kind of what they're doing is they're they're making the uh, connection between this man and batman because eventually you hit a point where there's this back and forth uh where you start seeing uh actual battlefield scenes and it's actually kind of a touching tribute to say this man is a real life batman this man is a real life hero uh it's a little confusing at first, like I said, but as you go along, you kind of figure out what they're doing. And, you know, the, the case could be made that maybe it's not the most sensitive way of portraying uh, that situation. And, you know, could they have portrayed it better by showing the actual events and, and portraying the actual events? Uh, but at the same time, it is this interesting idea of them just saying, hey, this man is a real hero. We look up to these fake heroes, these imaginary heroes like Batman. But here is a man who did the same kind of thing in these imaginary stories that you read. And the dude's real. The dude, the dude is a real man. So that was kind of cool. Uh, the fourth story is called Frozen featuring Skull and Bots. I have no idea what Skull and Bots are. All I know is that this story <laughs> doesn't doesn't make me feel super interested in finding out who who Skull and Bots are. It's a good short story about a mech that malfunctions in the middle of battle. And then there's this twist where the malfunction is actually going to get them more um, more funding to be able to research and get this thing working the way that they really want it to be working. And so in that way, it's kind of this uh, commentary on the military industrial machine. But in another way, it just wasn't the greatest story. However, I've had three pretty strong stories up until this point. Speaking of points, the next one is called Knife Fight, and this is just one of those um, stories like you would get in the old war comics where it's an original story about uh, just two brand new characters. And this one, it's interesting because it starts out with these two people engaged in battle underwater, but it looks almost like they're embracing until you look closely and see that actually one of them has a knife in their hand and is stabbing the other one. Then as you continue, you find out that there's actually a, a man and a woman who they are in battle underwater. They go into some sewers, come out of the water and they're chasing each other, fighting each other. And there's two different narrations going on. So you have the caption boxes that are blue shaded and that are yellow shaded. And one is the man and one is the woman. And they're kind of both, uh, doing their internal monologue about some of the same kind of thing. Uh, and then it's kind of bringing in this idea of as they're locked in this battle, um, could there be something else going on between them, you know, and, and, you know, what if, uh, we stopped fighting and we got married, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, it's an okay story, but I like the cleverness of the way it's written. And I like the, uh, the style in which it's, it's done. At last, Full Measure is a short horror story uh, about uh, Gettysburg uh, reenactment that becomes something way, way more uh, horrifying than than they expected. And the art is by Richard Corbin, and I really like this guy's artwork. And he does a lot of horror comics, and 
uh, whenever he, whenever I'm reading something that he's drawn, I enjoy it. You know, there's just this grittiness to it. Uh, it's a simplistic style uh, that has a, a a grime beneath it, and and it's just, yeah, it, it's good. It's a decent story, and it's short. Um, then we have Remembering the Leopard, featuring George Saint, <laughs> and of course, with a name like that. His nickname is St. George, and, and that's a, a decent little short story as well with its own little little twist. And then the final story is Survival Mode, and it's about a guy who uh, survived the war in Iraq and came home and is having a hard time surviving at home. But there is a uh, – it's not a twist, but it is uh, – there's a nice ending to it, so – Anyway, I recommend that one as well. Now, it has the weird war stories like I like. And it has some more realistic war stories that I like. And then it has just some awkward, you know, this didn't have to be a Batwoman story. This didn't have to be a Batman story, you know, but it but it works. And, and what it does, it works well. And for, you know, five bucks, that's great. That's great. Now, so that's my Walmart pile. I got two more piles and, and one of them is from, these are from my two local comic shops that I go to the most. And I'll just real quickly just kind of go through that and and just say, you know, I, I went to buymetoys.com, which is our local comic shop that sells new comics. And what I got from them, I did a curbside pickup with them and got my regular pull list, which had Justice League Dark in it. And then also I just was trying to think through, like, what do they have from their graphic novels that I've really been wanting to pick up but just haven't gotten around to it? And so... That way, um, I, I just wanted to make a purchase, you know, and uh, just, again, support local businesses. There's a couple ways that uh, we've been trying to support local businesses here in town. And, you know, it's not easy and it's not perfect, you know, and everyone's in a different situation. And, um, you know, everyone who is in a local business, they're in a different situation. And everyone who is just trying to figure out how to get through this time is in a different situation. So I, you know, if you're not able to do this, then, then that's, that's totally fine. But if you are able to, you know, for me, it was, you know, buymetoys.com. That was one of the local businesses that I frequent and use. And I'm just like, I'm, I want to figure out a way to, you know, give them some business. And so one of the ways I'm doing that is by mentioning them, they are a website and they do have a, a mail order business already in place. And I think that, that is still uh, running. But, um, I also just was like, okay, I've, I've got three things that I can remember looking at that I'm thinking I, I'd like to see if I could grab, you know, and they're graphic novels. And, uh, so the, one of them was, uh, they're all, they're all related. Uh, it's DC comics and dark horse comics crossovers. And so the one is Batman versus predator that I got. The other one is Batman aliens. And then they were. I'd seen this in the store, but it's not, not there anymore, but they had the, uh, the Superman aliens one as well. So anyway, the, the ones, the, the, this is what I thought of when I thought of like, what's something from the store that I looked at, had in my hand actually a couple times and looked through just to see, you know, if I wanted to buy it and I, I put off buying it, didn't buy it, didn't buy it. And now was my, my chance, you know, to, to just purchase something from them and do that curbside pickup. Uh, so I sent them a message and, and asked them, you know, about the Batman predator, the Batman aliens and the Superman aliens. Of course, like I said before, the Superman aliens one, uh, they did not have, but the Batman aliens they did and the Batman versus predator they had as well. Then I got my, my pull list, which was, uh, the only one that they had for my pull list, um, was justice league dark, but, um, which more on that uh, later, definitely, because Justice League Dark has some pretty serious uh, Swamp Thing ramifications as far as the ongoing uh, canon and, and world building of the, the Swamp Thing and his uh, just his storyline in, in the DC universe. But anyway, um, yeah, Batman uh, Aliens has Batman Aliens issues number one and two, Batman Aliens two issues one through three Superman and Batman versus aliens and predator numbers one and two. And then the one that I'm just not concerned about at all. And I will read it because it's in here. Wildcats aliens crossover, uh, number one. 
That's uh, Batman Aliens. Uh, Batman vs. Predator just has the three different Batman vs. Predator series. There's Batman vs. Predator, Batman vs. Predator 2, and Batman vs. Predator 3. <laughs> so those those are in there. Um, and yeah, I just... Uh, I've also been reading some uh, Aliens comics and Predator comics and... Uh, I don't know why this just is what came to my mind when I was trying to figure out what did they have that I had thought about buying and, and, and didn't buy, but that's what came to mind. And so I was able to get these, two, <laughs> it's a heavy, these, these two graphic novels are, they're printed on heavy paper and there's, there's, they're thick too. And so I, I got these and, uh, yeah, uh, I haven't read anything from the Batman aliens book yet. And None of the stuff in the Batman Aliens book is anything that I'm familiar with. I, I knew that they happened. I knew that they did it, but I haven't read anything from it. And I'm actually really curious what that's going to be like because Aliens is the franchise that I lean toward. You know, the, the Predator stuff is okay, and I like it, and I consider it part of the uh, the franchise, I guess. You know, if you're going to go with the franchise, you've got Alien, Predator, uh, Prometheus. You can throw in a little bit of uh, kind of a side side quill or whatever with uh blade runner you can throw in there um you can throw in their soldier <laughs> that movie uh it's one of those interesting franchises while they may not have intended it to be this huge sprawling epic franchise uh there are connections between different movies that again they're intentional connections but not intentional to make it a a franchise, but they, but they kind of did alien predator be, being the exception where they actually had that alien skull in predator. And because it was 20th century Fox all the way along, they were, they were able to do those, those movies. So anyway, uh, aliens is the franchise I lean toward, but I really don't have a lot of alien aliens comics or not until recently. That is, I've gotten a couple graphic novels, which I've talked about in the past here before that my buddy JS Earls recommended. Uh, but Batman Predator was one that uh, a little bit after it came out, not right when it came out, but a, a little bit after it came out, I I, I got those issues and, and liked that miniseries because of uh, just the way it pitted uh, Batman, who is a man at peak performance, but but still a man with gadgets going up against an alien that is uh, not just a mindless creature, but uh, also has gadgets and gadgets that actually kind of match up against each other uh, anyway uh so I, I had the first series i had the second series i liked both of them and so i went ahead and and got this i've I, i've only read now um since i got the the graphic novel i've read the batman versus predator one and batman versus predator two the only ones from this entire collection of these two graphic novels that I've actually read before I've now read again. And I'm very excited to read Batman versus predator number three. I mean, just quick review, I guess, uh, Batman versus predator. The first one, uh, what's interesting about that one is that it's, uh, it really feels more like a predator two than it, than the first one, because the first one was in the jungle and the second one takes place in the city. And this takes place in Gotham city. And it has all the crime bosses and a lot of it is just, you know, awful people getting killed until you get the police involved and Commissioner Gordon and and all of them. But uh, and that's not my favorite thing in horror. I don't necessarily like that trope of bad things happening to bad people. You know, I, I, I just don't or, or even worse is bad things doing awful things to awful people <laughs> or bad people doing. Yeah, bad people doing awful things to other bad people. But uh it's it's a nice battle of wits uh, in that first series. Uh, Batman gets armored up, and it's a, actually a little bit like uh, Dark Knight Returns, and and they they have their battle of wits, and uh, and then at the end, of course, you have the other predators come, and then there you know Batman's kind of piecing together the whole honor system and the whole hunting and all that kind of thing. And then you have uh, Batman versus Predator two, which. You know, I, I can't decide which is the better of the two. I think that the plot and the themes that are going on in the background are better in the second series. But the first one, I think uh, there's there's just an element of it's just rawness. You know, Batman versus Predator. The first one is just here's a predator. This predator is just going and killing all of the uh, well, killing prize fighters and killing all of the uh, most powerful 
criminals and stuff in 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 Gotham and you know going after the prize game going after the the greatest uh fighters of of the city and and it's just it's pretty straightforward i should let's, let's put it that way batman versus predator 2 has this whole idea of first of all there's a predator who um may not be going along with the honor system uh but still wants to find the trophy and that trophy is is batman and you don't know i i i was reading it i was wondering is there a little element of revenge here because clearly the predator who is going after Batman right now was present at the end of the first, uh, the first series. But you also have then other predators who show up and, and who are not part of the hunt that the first predator is on. And then finally, and this might be a little bit too on the nose, but it actually works. Um, Batman is teamed up with Huntress. (laughs) And so there's a lot of back and forth about hunting Uh, hunting criminals and stopping crime you know and batman doesn't want to work with huntress because he doesn't approve of her methods which is to draw blood and to you know use these arrow things that she has and doesn't want to team up with her and so there's some back and forth there and uh yeah i i liked it i liked it quite a bit and uh that's the one that i was the least familiar with i probably have only read that series once but i remember reading the other one uh you know two three maybe even four times uh, because that was early on in, in my rena- uh, re-emerging uh, with my comic book collecting when I was reading things like Sandman and, um, you know, the Vertigo stuff and, and, and the more more mature stuff. But then that's where Batman versus Predator, you know, that's that's pretty mature, you know. And uh, this is of all of the crossovers that you could do between things like this, where it's it's two different companies, but it's also two different, uh, very different characters or franchises i think the batman versus predator is one of the best matchups you can get and again it comes down to the gadgets it comes down to you have the predator with the honor system so the predator is well bad and not good for our world uh not evil you know he's the predators are not although maybe the one in, in the second uh second volume is but the predator is not doing this uh because well i mean the predator is bad but not evil. I mean, the predator's world, the predator's worldview, honestly, is this, this honor system. And they only attack people with weapons and they go after, uh, things that are going to give them uh, a challenge in the hunt, you know, which is what Batman becomes. Batman is this ultimate challenge on earth. And that's why in the second one, the, the predator is either after him out of, kind of this revenge or because he's just this greatest challenge at the end of the first one, Batman says they won't be back because they've seen what they can find at Gotham. And that's actually the reason why it comes back possibly, uh, in, in the second one. But, uh, anyway, I just really enjoy, you know, this franchise where it's also kind of cool because you can bring in the predator and you don't have to explain it too much because, People already know the franchise. So if you were to create a new alien to do this with, with, you know, in just a regular Batman comic, you'd have to do a lot of explaining, but here you don't have to. The same was similar with, I, I just read a book. It was called alien, uh, failings, I think. And it's all about these people on this planet and their medieval, uh, level of technology, but they have these things they call the demons that are outside of their underground layers and these demons that run around on the, the surface of the planet uh, are the xenomorphs and you don't need, well, it does explain things, but you don't need to have it all explained to you. But what's nice about it is that as things are happening in this, you, you know, if you've seen these alien movies, you know, the life cycle of the alien, you know, when they are wrong about what they are, what they believe about these, these demons. And it actually adds a sense of, uh, urgency and tragedy to things when you're ahead of the game because you've seen things and you know things the characters don't know. So anyway, Batman versus Predator, uh, I'm enjoying so far. I want to read Batman versus Predator three, just haven't had time to get to it. And I'm also really interested to get into the Batman uh, versus Aliens in the other volume, see where that goes. And then as far as the Superman versus Aliens. I'm just going to probably, no, I'm going to order it on Amazon uh, very soon. <laughs> probably before this episode releases, I'll have ordered it from 
Amazon. Uh, but anyway, that was my purchase that I made, my comic book purchase from my local comic book shop, buymetoys.com. That was the purchase that I made during the quarantine. And I just want to encourage you, you know, even if you can't go and do curbside pickup or do anything, uh, send, and this, this is the same kind of thing I've said before about podcasting. You know, if you listen to a podcast a lot, please contact those podcasters and let them know that you listen and that you like them because it feels great as a podcaster to get that kind of, of feedback. It's the same kind of thing here. Even if you can't necessarily go and, and, and place an order or, or get new comics, uh, it doesn't cost you anything to send an email and just a little bit of time, you know, just saying, Hey, thinking of you, hope, hope things are well. And, you know, just wanted to thank you for, for being open for me when, uh, when I was getting regular comics and you don't know what you got until it's gone, you know, or some, I don't know, but you know, just some sort of, of nice note or something like that. Or, um, just saying, you know, see you soon. And you know, something like that, just to let them know that you're, you're thinking of them. Cause I know that a lot of comic shops are in pretty dire straits right now. There are some that are doing well. It sounds like buy me toys is one of those that is, that is doing well and is, is staying afloat, uh, easier than others. But there's just so much weirdness going on in that realm where you have, you know, the comics companies have been, you know, not canceling titles, but postponing them because the diamond distributor is, you know, they shut down for a little while. And as things are starting to ramp back up, you have DC comics saying, we're not going to use diamond. We're going to actually uh, get some comics out to comic shops next week, you know, and we're going to use these two places. And then there's this whole other controversy with the two distributors that they're using because the two distributors that they're using are actually uh, competition for comic shops because they are actually online uh, distributors of comics. And so they are they have the mechanism in place to to do the mail order that would need to be done to deliver this small sampling of comics that DC is going ahead and, and, and putting out uh, before, before diamond has, has is able to get their machine up and running again. Uh, but it, then you have this whole back and forth, even at the beginning of, okay, so if DC and Marvel are going to continue distributing their comics, some stores are allowed to stay open and other stores aren't able to stay open. And how does that work? You know, because no matter what, the stores that aren't able to stay open are going to lose business to the stores that are able to stay open. And those stores that that are able to stay open, you know, if, if you stop distributing, then they're not going to have any product to sell. And a lot of these places, their their livelihood depends on this regular customer who comes in regularly to buy these comics on a regular schedule. And this throws that whole thing out of whack. And I know that the comics industry is not the only industry that's being um, forced to make changes and, and forced to make sacrifices. And in some cases, you know, forced to just stop. And it's, it's a mess all around. But if you can find a way to just send a note of encouragement you know, to, to your local comic people, if you have, especially if you have a relationship with them. Now, if you just have gone to their, to their store once or twice and, you know, maybe that's not something that would be appropriate, but if you do have a relationship with them, that, that would be something that I would say would be, um, would be appropriate to do and, and, and might just put a smile on their face, uh, in a hard time, you know? So the third stack I have is some comics that I got that I was very excited to get uh, because I went to Tom's Vintage Toy Store, which is the comic shop slash toy store to me, comic shop first, always, even though I have bought a couple toys from him. Uh, I was able to a few years ago get uh, Steve Austin and Oscar Goldman from the Six Million Dollar Man uh, TV show. I was able to get the 12 inch action figures that I had when I was a kid, he had them. And, and so I, I have bought toys from him. Don't get me wrong, but he's a comic shop first to me. He doesn't sell new comics. He doesn't sell, um, weekly new comics. And so he made the choice, uh, very, at the very beginning to just shut down completely. Now he's not completely shut down. When I say shut down completely, I mean, the store is not open. He might be doing some of his eBay sales. I don't know about that, but what he is doing, however, is there are a couple of card tables in front of his store where he has this kind of running supply of food that's just there for people to take. 
It's there's signs that say free food. And that's because really Tom is just a great guy. I mean, I'm just, I don't think he's going to hear this. I don't think Casey and Kelly from buy me toys are going to hear this either. They're also wonderful people. They're, they're dear friends of, of me and my family and, um, love them to death. Uh, Tom, great guy just has the biggest heart in the world. Um, if not the world, maybe biggest heart in the city. I don't know, but he, uh, just a, a great guy, really nice guy. And, He's just using his location and using that location of his store, which is, you know, in it's, it's near the high school that we have here in town. So it's just in the middle of the neighborhood, you know, there's just houses around that area and it's not, it's not like it's on a, uh, a retail strip or anything like that. I mean, there's, there's just, it's mostly houses in that area. And so when I will drive to work, I'll drive by and see there is a lot of food on those two tables and day or two later, there's none, you know, I mean, people are availing themselves of this free food. It's canned goods. It's, it's not, it's, it's stuff that can survive out in the, in the elements. Uh, you know, so he, he does put up a, there's a canopy over it and, and that, but anyway, I just happened to go by his store. I can't remember which day it was, but it was right before we got the order to, um, you know, this is when we started shutting down non-essential businesses. And this is when he made that decision. So it was one of the last couple of days that he was open. And so again, I just wanted to kind of get in there and, and do something nice and, and do something nice for myself too, which is to buy some comics. Okay. So don't get me wrong at all. I was not, uh, you know, not, this isn't all 100% altruism. You know, this is, I'm getting something out of this too. You know, I'm getting some comics, but what I didn't expect was what I was going to get when I walked into his store, which was he had these, uh, a stack of graphic novels that he just said, please take one just free. And so what I walked out of the store with was I purchased a Marvel fanfare, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. I purchased a comic that was just curse of the weird. Number one, which is reprints of old horror stories. Uh, this one has uh, reprints from the old Marvel stuff, you know, especially pre pre superhero stuff when they were just doing those uh, horror anthology books. And it's okay. It's, <laughs> there's some good stuff in there. There's some not so great stuff in there. Uh, there's, but it, it does live up to the title. It is weird. Uh, <laughs> the tagline they have on the cover is the oddest comics ever. And then it says, if you want stranger tales than these, see a doctor. So there's that. <laughs> the Marvel fanfare I bought because it has Angel on the cover. I was just flipping through his back issues and saw this one and thought, oh, that reminds me of when I used to just buy comics that had Angel on the cover. And Marvel fanfare being one-shot stories and being an anthology series, I thought I'd grab it. It's funny because Angel doesn't figure in it uh, in the main story. Uh, it's actually, I think, an uh, inventory issue for X Factor. It's written by Joe Duffy, and it, it feels like it, it, what was fun about reading it was it was just like it was coming from the classic X Factor days. Uh, the difference is that it actually has a, a wraparound story with uh, Archangel talking to beast and an Iceman, and and they're having a flashback to when archangel was presumed dead i guess he was dead uh and there's a woman who wanted revenge against him and so instead of getting revenge against him she got revenge against his friends iceman and beast by luring them into one of arcades she hired arcade to make a maze that would kill them but the way that they lured them there was her son who has wings and it's this whole convoluted story that actually kind of works at first. It felt like it wasn't going to, because they're like kind of insinuating that this child is actually Warren angels, uh, son. And then she says, no, ha ha ha. He's not actually a mutant. He has, uh, he has mechanical wings and I just wanted to use his mechanical wings as bait. And then she talks about this, uh, backstory that she has with Warren, uh, and how Warren got her pregnant. And then as they're talking to her about that, she says, well, it may not have been him. I mean, it could have been, uh, there, there was also, uh, 
the mimic i met mimic and 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 submariner and so there's like the three possible fathers for this child and then there's this huge twist at the end when they wrap up the adventure part of the story where everyone's okay you know and arcade shuts down the machine because she tells him i'm done i don't want revenge anymore and it turns out she's just um really messed up really messed up because she did have a relationship with warren uh, early on, like in junior high kind of thing. And then uh, she got married and had a son with this man. And they did genetic testing on him to force mutation. So the wings are actually real. They're not mechanical. She wasn't like tricking, you know, and, um, but because it's this forced mutation. And then when they found out that this forced mutation gave her husband and her son cancer and she just cracked. And then she found out uh, that Warren, who was presumed dead, stopped doing payments because he was paying for all the medical bills on this child. And like I said, it's just it's all convoluted and, and that she probably cracked because those stopped being paid because Warren was dead and and he's going to start repaying those again. But she the whole story is that she has the motivation of revenge because her child is a mutant and X factor at that time was pretending to round up mutants and they were against their own people, but they were actually, you know, they were pretending to be regular humans. And then they would actually, as they were catch capturing mutants, they would actually take them and, and train them how to use their mutant powers. And so it's this whole back and forth convoluted thing in the end. I actually really enjoyed the story worth the, uh, I can't remember. If, I think these were a dollar each, but the main event for what I got from Tom's vintage toys was I got issues one through 25 minus issue number 20 of Namor, the Submariner. And this is the John Byrne series. And I'd never read this before. I've been interested in it. I'm not a huge Namor, uh, fan, you know, just because I like Aquaman doesn't mean that I'm going to love, uh, Namor the Submariner, you know, it's just not the way it works. But um, yeah, I I got that series, and there's there's more, but I, I stopped at number twenty five because issue number twenty five says on the cover finale, and so I figure that it's probably a good place that there's some sort of storyline that ends ends there. Um, I haven't read all of them. I've read it through issues uh, eight, issue one through eight, and it ends actually issues of, let's see, it'd be six, seven, and eight have this great uh, storyline subplot of this sludge monster that arises from the, the depths of the sea. And this is cool creature. Uh, it's a sludge monster. It's not a swamp monster, but it's close enough. But anyway, that was a lot of fun. It's been fun reading that series because it's meant to be this monthly uh, soap opera style comic book where Namor comes back from the dead. And when he comes back from the dead, they figure out why he has these huge swings between this ultra anger and then this kind of humanistic superhero. And the reason is because he is a creature of two realms, water and air. When he's in either one for too long, he starts uh, losing oxygen to the brain. And so it's it's basically almost like he's um, he's drunk or, or something like that. And, and that's what's caused him to wreak, want to wreak vengeance on the earth and, and just have this, these intense anger things. And so now he's, they're able to kind of uh, stabilize that for him. And he's using all the treasures of the ocean to become a, a business owner so he can do something uh, because the the oceans are not looking good, you know? And so he's, he's going to use uh, that power, the power of knowing where treasures are in, in sunken pirate ships and, and use that to turn around and invest into this uh, giant business that he's, he's kind of starting. And so it's interesting. It's, it's, it's a fun read. Uh, Again, like I said, there's a soap opera element to it where there's just all these subplots going on and happening and, you know, characters getting introduced early that then a couple issues later is when, when you find out what why they were actually introduced. And 
you know, reading it all in a row, uh, it's, it's, you, you can see it all happening and it, it's, it's been a, it's been a good read. I mean, I've really enjoyed it. And I have a feeling that if I do reach issue 25, I'm going to want to continue, but that wasn't the only John Byrne thing that I got from Tom's Vintage Toys. I told you about those free graphic novels. Well, the one that I picked off of that table was John Byrne doing Star Trek. And it's kind of Star Trek, but kind of not. It's Star Trek Assignment Earth, which is the Gary Seven episode of Star Trek. This is taking off from Gary Seven's episode of Star Trek and kind of saying, what if that show which was meant to be a backdoor pilot what if it had actually gotten ordered and became an actual tv show on actual tv and it's it's i have only read the first chapter and it was a lot of fun and there's i think six six issues in this series in this graphic novel so anyway that's what i've been kind of reading through um i'm still also reading uh Swamp Thing and, and those those uh, regular things that I'm reading, uh, Justice League Dark. But these are kind of the more diversionary comics, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it quite a bit, actually. It's fun because I just picked the right things, you know. Like I, I, I was able to find the, uh, the right things that are going to hit the right moments that I needed at the right time when I was going to sit down and read some comics that hopefully I was going to enjoy. So, yeah. So I do want to put out a, just a thank you to Buy Me Toys, Casey and Kelly, and I want to put out a thank you to Tom with uh, Tom's Vintage Toys, and I want to put out an encouragement to you, uh, dear listener, to if you can't support with cash, just you know support with with compassion, you know for your your local comic shops. They're in a they're in a tough spot. They're not the only ones, like I said, and you yourself may be in a tough spot. But imagine being in the tough spot that you're in if someone were to just reach out to you and try and encourage you. Imagine how that would feel for you. That said, I do want to hopefully encourage you. You know, this is, um, this is a, a bad season. It's a bad season, but hopefully it is just a season. And so, um, I'm hoping that maybe listening to me talk about comics that I enjoy is also going to be something enjoyable for you. I know I like to do it with my own podcasting listening, and, uh, I've really appreciated the people who have been continuing to podcast during this time. So, with all that said, if you would like to contact us, you can get a hold of us at feedback at comicbooktimemachine.com. I would love to hear what are you reading during your quarantine time. Email is the best way to contact us, but you can send us a message or you can send us a, a, a verbal message, a recorded message to that feedback at comicbooktimemachine.com email. I'm not sure what is coming next. I do know that I do have a couple blind bags that I might be breaking into. Uh, Matt and Evan have been talking about doing some episodes. So uh, I'm not sure what's going to be next in the main feed. Oh, uh, and I will be doing Star Wars in the Marvel's Cosmic Comics series. So that, that will be coming soon as well. Like I said, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for spending time with me to talk about comics. And uh, wherever your comic book time-traveling journeys take you, I want to wish you Godspeed. 